Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends of the pod, to another episode, a mini-sode of Colton Classic Podcast. These are the short episodes we bring you with extra stuff like one-off movie reviews, uh, interviews, and special things. Uh, before we bring you a new episode of the main series, Colton Classic Podcast, every Tuesday. 5 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, uh, of course, our main episodes are focused on discussing two thematically linked films, one mainstream and one cult. But these minisodes can be about whatever the hell we want. And today we are giving you a review of the hotly anticipated uh, third Conjuring film, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Uh, it was originally titled The Conjuring 3, simply, and uh, shortly before release, they changed it. So you'll see it all over the internet as uh, both those titles. It is in theaters right now, as well as streaming for, I believe, a month on HBO Max. So let's get right into it. If you're a fan of The Conjuring series, you know uh, that the characters that uh, are the main characters are the husband and wife paranormal inspector investigator team of ed and lorraine warren these were real people uh lorraine warren uh lived longer than her husband and she passed away in 2019. um there's a lot of controversy surrounding them they were very public figures uh in the in the 70s and 80s um in regards to paranormal activity demonic possession things like that um Ed popularized the term demonologist, which he called himself. Uh, Lorraine uh, considered herself a, a psychic uh, and, and an empath and, and able to read and get information from sixth sense. So were they real? Were they not real? That's debatable. I mean, Ed did know a lot about demonology and he worked closely with the Catholic Church. From my personal opinion, uh, I I'm not a huge fan of them as people uh, I've, from individuals who know them personally. I've been told that they're very kind, that Lorraine especially was a very kind person, and I'm sure that that is true. But my issue with them is that, uh, as someone who believes in the paranormal, everything they came across pretty much was demonic. Uh, they also had a very, very Catholic, Christian-tilted um, belief system. So anything related to uh, other faiths tended to be uh, demonic and against God, and that stuff gets old real fast, especially uh, in the in the occult realm. You're really narrowing your your options there. But anyway, moving beyond that, we're going to look at the film series, which is quite different. They are roughly based, very roughly based off of real cases uh, from the Ed and Lorraine uh, histories. 
Um, this one is the first to not be a haunted house story. That was the big deal for this film. This one is about, uh, to give a little rundown, a, uh, a child who appears to be demonically possessed. Um, the uh, the future son-in-law, we would assume, of um, the, the little boy who's possessed. No, that's not right. The, the, the man dating the little boy's sister, how about that, who's close to the family, uh, breaks the exorcism uh, by, by telling the demon to enter him. It seems to happen, uh, and he ends up killing his employer in cold blood quite brutally with a, a knife. And so he goes to trial for murder, and Ed Lorraine Warren, as well as the family of, of the accused, or, or his girlfriend's family, are convinced that uh, he was possessed, but he's showing no symptoms of being possessed. He doesn't react to holy water, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so they find out that uh, someone has cursed them using uh, witchcraft, satanic witchcraft, by uh, leaving this strange little bone and hair concoction beneath um, the house that the family of the little boy had moved into. So that's a lot of extra crap in there. But frankly, he goes to uh, await trial and Ed Lauren Warren have a limited amount of time to figure out who the Satanist is and uh, get proof uh, that the, the, the devil made him do it, although it's not really the devil made him do it. It's from a quote from the, uh, uh, I believe, the actual trial of this person. So spoilers, of course, if this is your kind of thing, if you already knew you're going to watch it, don't listen to this, just go watch the movie and then and then come back and listen and we'll talk about it. But uh, if you don't mind some mild spoilers that I don't think change your, um, will alter your enjoyment or not enjoyment of the film, keep on listening. So the, 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 the young man does uh, get convicted of manslaughter, which is a very light charge for murder. Uh, and he gets, I believe, like five years in prison. And when he gets out, he's, he's still with um, uh, his, his girlfriend from before. And so, um, I mean, I guess you can consider that a win. He did technically lose the case. Uh, but let's get to the film. So it is a departure from the haunted house story. Um, some people have complained that there are less spooky moments as far as like demonic images and tense moments. I think that's true. Um, but here's my take on the Conjuring series and its extended universe because it has the Annabelle doll series and um, uh, the Curse of uh, La Llorona, which is actually uh, shares the director with this film. James Wan did not uh, direct this film, but um, Michael Chavez did. Uh, he's a competent director. Um, visuals are fine. Uh, setup is, is decent. I thought um, the Curse of La Llorona, while not original in any way, which was probably its biggest downfall, um, it was uh, competently crafted. It, he does the same with this one. It's competently made. Um, the writer of this is, is David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick, uh, who has written several of the Conjuring spinoffs. I believe he wrote um, The Nun. Uh, he also wrote what I think are better films. Um, he was a, one of the writers on Aquaman. He wrote uh, 2009's Orphan, which was quite good in my humble and not so humble opinion. Um, but back to the point, the Conjuring films in general are sort of like horror light, meaning that they're very much made for a mainstream audience. Um, that, that's not a dig if you enjoy these films. I certainly enjoy them as popcorn movies, but they are not, they really don't terrify me or um, have any sort of real strong um, 
cinematic presence. Uh, and what I mean by that is they don't leave a lasting impression. Um, there's a lot of jump scares. And here's my biggest complaint with James Wan horror films in general, and these aren't just the ones that he himself has directed and such, but the ones that are part of his extended franchises like this one. Everything is visually over the top in design. So what I mean by that is every the evil nun character, for instance, that make has its own spinoff movie and takes some uh, has some cameos in the the earlier Conjuring projects and other spinoffs. Um, it's so on the nose. It looks so demonic. It's so over the top that it looks cartoonish. Um, we get that with the Annabelle doll. Um, and I will give it an exception out here. Annabelle uh, Creation, the, the second film in that series, which is actually a prequel, I actually found to be a strong entry. And while it's not particularly original or perfect, uh, I did enjoy that one uh, a fair amount. So I do recommend that if you guys haven't seen it and you're interested in this kind of stuff. But the Annabelle doll in these series is... Um, ridiculously designed no child ever would want to play with that monstrosity it looks nightmarish to the point of being comical and that's sort of the uh one of the plights of these series and most james wan properties like that it works for something like aquaman which is comic based and you want something that's very strikingly designed um, but in this case it, things that are grounded in, in real gritty reality, it doesn't work. Um, I would argue that Saw is the same way. Every Saw contraption looks like it was made by a steampunk genius uh, rather than um, a, a guy with cancer working in a dingy warehouse somewhere. So, or, or who doesn't have cancer, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so that's, that's my take on the visuals. Um, but the plot of The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, I actually enjoyed the sort of mystery element to this film. They're trying to find who this person is. Uh, the, the biggest problem is that there is zero um, believability in this film, as far as I was concerned. The beginning, okay, we get it. Yes, it's, it's, we're following the plot. And then we get to the point where we see the the occultist, uh, as she's credited, really the, the Satanist, as they refer to her, in the film, the ultimate villain. She has magic powers. She seems to be able to like create illusions, um, very strong. She dresses like uh, a Tim Burton pilgrim. I mean, it's this is like the late 70s, early 80s, I believe is when this is supposed to take place. It just, it's totally unbelievable. Um, also, there are things like a trail of dead bodies that really just wouldn't happen. I just, there's the ability to suspend disbelief by the end of the movie is uh, non-existent, um, which is really unfortunate because when you have a haunted house story, like the first two Conjuring films, you kind of you get away with a lot of believability because the things that happen, the aftermath is quote unquote explainable by uh, skeptics, right? Oh, broken dishes, broken walls, uh, blown out power, um, you know, somebody severely dehydrated, you know, like it's, it's explainable. In The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, the end results are not explainable. You just can't explain them except for there's a Satanist in some, uh, city sewer system. Um, it's just too much. And also, there isn't enough explanation. I'm not sure explanation is the right word. The villain is just evil for evil's sake. And they say that like it 
like it means something like it lets them get away with having this ridiculous character that glides around like a ghost dresses ridiculously looks like a wax corpse i mean it's just over the top to the point where it doesn't matter that the ending is a little anticlimactic or not um we're we're lost it lost us so i that's a long way of saying i don't think this movie worked um i was entertained enough to finish it um if if you like this sort of middle ground horror film where it's mainstream so it's well made well crafted a lot of money behind it um but also doesn't have the risk taking that independent or smaller features make um you'll enjoy this fine i unless you want to, I'm always a fan of going to the theater instead of seeing on the small screen. Um, I don't think there's anything in this film visually that's going to blow you away on the big screen versus the small screen. So if you want to watch an HBO Max, um, have at it. It'll save you a couple bucks and you can take that money and go see a different film. Now, I'm going to give you a recommendation for a few other supernatural films that I think are much better. Uh, if you like this kind of thing, um, which most of us listening to this podcast do, I would say um, uh, House of the Devil. It's a great 80s throwback. Um, the, those individuals have made some other films that are quite good as well. Um, the Last Exorcism, the uh, sort of found footagey faux documentary film Ailey Roth produced. Uh, a few years back it had a sequel as well but watch the original that was a great one um and of course you can always have fun with the original amityville uh the amityville horror um which is uh, james brolin of course stars with with uh many other excellent cast members um that's sort of the classic American haunted house film and uh, Ed Lorraine Warren did investigate that house as well. So it's kind of a tie in there. Uh, interesting stuff. Uh, one thing I'll give a shout out to is the cast for, for this movie is great. Um, Patrick Wilson uh, and, and uh, Vera uh, Farmiga are, are really excellent. I love them so much. Um, they do a really good job of making Ed Lorraine Warren watchable, but not really likable. And as someone who's watched many interviews with them, read their books and so forth in real, the real life figures. Um, that's accurate. I, I'm not sure that I really like them. Uh, I don't think I do. They're kind of odd. They're kind of cold. Uh, and I don't necessarily believe much of their shtick, so to speak. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where I, I think they do a great job and they did a cool job of having Vera in sort of a, she looks more like um like um her her namesake in this film which is scary because uh, lorraine warren near the end of her life looked a lot like um uh dracula in in bram stoker's dracula but that's it for me uh sorry for hearing background noise my cat's going crazy and uh please listen next tuesday for a new episode of cult and classic podcast and follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram at Cult and Classic Podcast, on YouTube, Cult and Classic Podcast. You can watch us as well. Join our Patreon. And please, please, please subscribe and leave a review wherever you get your podcast. It really helps us and helps other people find us. Thanks so much. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights 
privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.